I'm sure there will be more developments in that kind of area coming up soon, and we will get them to as best we can. Talk to you later. September. Uh, I was a software development instructor at Georgian College in Barrie, uh, for which I was fired for having the audacity to question the legality of the vaccine mandates being imposed on all of us. I'd like to read a statement, and I'm going to turn it over to a fellow retired Canadian Forces officer, uh, Derek Nabrega. He'll make a brief statement. And then at the end, I will take some questions. This regime has declared war on its people. Do not be mistaken. This is not about vaccinations or COVID-19 in isolation. This is about freedom. Do not be surprised by this regime's tactics. They are acting against the law. They are ignoring our constitution. They are lying through their media. They are violating every codified rule and ratified agreement. It does not matter to them. Those were always just words and paper in the eyes of the regime to use and to ignore. They only worship, they only worship one God, the God of power. This suspicion has been with us for the past two years. And now there can be no doubt. We have reached the point where asking questions such as, how could the government do that? And is this legal? Betrays a narrative disposition. Let the skills, let the skills fall from your eyes and see the brutal truth. Our peaceful demonstration has stripped off the thickness the thickly applied makeup of democratic decorum that insulated our government. They are now naked for everyone to see. Their message is clear. Disagree and you will be forsaken, damned, and punished for raising questions, for listening to your conscience, and for standing up for yourself. Your babies will be kidnapped by strangers, your pets will be interned and executed. Your finances will be frozen. Your property will be seized. 
and you will become a non-person. The idea of Canadian democracy is now make-believe. This is why many organizations are denouncing the regime's actions. Several civil liberties associations across the country are now pursuing Trudeau and his enablers. Three weeks ago, we arrived in our nation's capital. The regime saw our children playing in the snow with hot chocolate dripping down their cheeks and called them illegal occupiers. They saw our multi-ethnic and multicultural demonstrations and the regime said we were white supremacists. We chanted freedom and held Canadian flags and they said we were terrorists with plans to overthrow the government. Today, Canadian citizens right now, right now, Canadian citizens are being arrested in our nation's capital for holding a Canadian flag inside a red zone. We asked for our autonomy back, and in response, the regime took more away. They have lied since the beginning. Why would they tell the truth now? Why? Once the ugly creature was provoked, it revealed its tyrannical fangs. The regime may come for us today, and unless you fight back, it will come for you tomorrow. You must make peace with yourselves. I know many of you are afraid. Be strong. History is nothing else but a summary of heroes and cowards. This is our moment in history, and you get one chance. You get one choice. It is never easy, and sometimes it is not clear. But take a moment of reflection, especially police officers, and those of you in law enforcement. You too have a choice. This is always a choice. Don't let them make you think otherwise. Canadians cannot, Canadians, two Canadians, they cannot stop you from peaceful assembly. Everyone must make a stand. Demand the return of freedoms in front of your federal, provincial, and municipal legislatures. Take your money out of the banks. Our system relies on you. You do not rely on it. Once they think they can terrorize you, starve them. Let their structures fall unless they learn to respect their citizens. You will win if you come and show your support. You can still come to Ottawa. Many intersections are blocked, but there are ways in. To stand against tyranny, we need freedom fighters. Hold the line. They cannot defeat us. No matter what they do, remain peaceful. Every abuse of power is being watched by the world. And with that statement, I'd like to turn it over to Derek Nabrega, who's also a retired Canadian military officer. Good afternoon, everyone. I am retired Major Derek Nobrega, and I've spent 38 years serving Canadians. And I picked that word on purpose. I served you. I did not serve the government. 
The government is an establishment that is supposed to serve you, the people of Canada. I have never turned away from that service. Today, I stand here in front of you to say there are members in our government who have turned away from that service. I'm not saying that all government is bad. I'm not saying that the government should be toppled. That is not it. But I am saying that there are members in our government who have been foreignly influenced. That we as Canadians should not stand for. I am going to be calling out to all the law enforcement and military as a whole to test your values. Look at what is being done. Is your value to serve a government arm or to serve Canadians? Please think about this. Look into your heart. This is wrong. Continue to serve Canadians and Canada and stop selling Canada to the World Economic Forum. Thank you. So my message for the mainstream media. This is why I'm standing at this podium. This is not a Tanya Harding moment. This is a Tiananmen Square moment. That's what this is. I'm disappointed in the media. I always have been. They've been disrespecting Canadians for far too long. I've not been issued a warrant. I haven't been charged. I haven't even been notified. But my bank accounts have been frozen. This is an organic movement. That's all it is. There is no one single leader to you know, phrase the coin in, in the mainstream media that if it bleeds, it leads. That's the focus of them today. They're down there at the protest, the majority of them. And they're just happy to see ordinary Canadians being arrested while fighting for their freedoms. So we now live in a, in a world where we beg for our government to talk to us. I have personally, you've seen on some of the social media and live stream, I have begged for the media or for the government of Canada to come and talk to me. We have sent letters to them. They could not, the government of Canada could not get their act together just to decide when the government of Canada could put out a plan. So we created a plan for them. They couldn't even do it. There was a vote. They voted it down 185 to 151. Just the vote was simple. Should we make a plan? And they couldn't even do that. We've drafted the plan. We've handed it out to mainstream media. We've handed it out to independent, actual, true journalists. I personally gave it to the New York Times. We made the plan. I gave it out. We sent it to the federal government. We sent it to the provincial governments. There's been no response other than to freeze my bank account, to freeze a bunch of people's bank accounts, and to literally go into the streets right now and target citizens that have a Canadian flag on their back inside a red zone. 
This is not the DMZ of North Korea. This is the nation's capital. And we now have the third police chief this week declaring it a red zone. This is the Canada that we now live in, where dialogue is forsaken because the truth doesn't mind questions, but the lies do. And so the government in Canada doesn't want to talk. They don't want to be exposed for what they are. And I want to point out a couple of things that we've asked for because I don't think it's getting through to them. I don't think they're getting the message. Okay? It's very important that they understand. We have a deadline. We have a day that we would like the government in Canada to actually do something. We have two very big important asks of the government of Canada. One, Supreme Court of Canada review of government actions. We need to know whether our rights under the Charter mean anything. We call upon the federal government to initiate a constitutional reference question to the Supreme Court of Canada about the constitutional validity of the COVID laws and restrictions. Two, a public inquiry of government's response to COVID. As a matter of national importance, Canadians call upon the federal government to appoint a fully independent and impartial public inquiry on the government's handling of COVID responses. We need to know what went wrong, what caused governments to so easily trample on our rights and freedoms and cause so much harm to our people and our nation. If the inquiry is to be effective, the following condition must be considered. The inquiry members are to be selected by an all-party parliamentary process. It must contain a thorough examination of all the science, internal communications, public responses, and the consequences. It must commence on March 20th, 2022, and it must be made public in the interest of transparency. This is what we've been working towards. This is what we want. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be a public reckoning for those who have been responsible and played an active role in ruining Canadians' lives for the last two years. This convoy has never closed businesses. This convoy has never put masks on school-aged children. This convoy has never locked you into your home or told you not to hug your loved ones. This convoy has been peaceful from the very beginning. We are here with bouncy castles. We're feeding the homeless. We're cleaning the streets. We have a 24 and seven guard on the war memorial here. This city has never been so clean. And I'm the terrorist and my bank account should be frozen? This is the Canada we live in right now. You should be outraged. The media, the mainstream media that is pumping the, the government of Canada's message forward should be ashamed. In 1933, Adolf Hitler was elected Chancellor of Germany. The first thing he did is he put radios in every German household across the country so that his message and only his message could be broadcast to the German people to get their support. In this particular case, we're the taxpayers. We pay for the message, but we buy our own TVs and we buy our own radios. 
This has to end. This has got to end. This is a peaceful protest. It always has been. And with that, I'll be happy to take your questions as long as they're about the peaceful protest. I don't want to hear garbage questions about nonsense. I don't want to hear about Tanya Harding moments. My kid's future is on the line. Be a professional. Tom, can we hear from Danny Beaufort? Yeah, I'd like to turn it over to Danny Beaufort, who is uh, an exceptional Canadian hero, and he's been here the whole time fighting for all of us. So let Danny talk. Good afternoon. I was a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for 15 years. It was a tradition that was very strong in my family. It breaks my heart to see what is happening out there right now. That law enforcement would do that to peaceful Canadians that just want our freedom back. I refuse to live in a country where a corrupt, morally bankrupt Prime Minister dictates what my children are allowed to do with their body. So I would plead with law enforcement, it is not too late to do the right thing. You don't have to publicly speak out. All you have to do is say no. I'm not going to do that when you're directed to enforce unjust, un unconstitutional enforcement actions. I can guarantee you that I care more about each police officer out there than their chief, commissioner, or any elected official. I've lived it. I've seen how willing police management is to throw their members under the bus whenever it suits their public image. I will have your back. The whole world is watching and you will rally support like you have never experienced if you stand up to this tyranny and you stand with people on the side of freedom. This is a defining moment in history for Canada and Canadian police. So I beg you, please, follow your heart, do what you know is right, and please stand with us. Thank you. Please, I'll take your questions. Make them good. Yes, sir. Tom, uh, would you suggest, as a lot of us have been, uh, that uh, people continue to come to Ottawa and uh, to come to those checkpoints and to exercise their constitutional right as a citizen of Canada to be able to travel anywhere unfettered because the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, as far as I understand, survived the emergency order? It's a great question, and I think I've been saying this since the beginning, uh, going back at least almost two years now. You were born with your inalienable rights. That's what the very word means, inalienable, which means it can't be taken away unless you're legally prosecuted and incarcerated. We have yet to see the evidence put forth 
for section one of the charter to be so badly abused and violated. Where's the proof? So what I would ask every Canadian is to really do a gut check. Read the Canadian Charter of Rights. Look at section seven, or sorry, correction, look at section six. Talks about mobility. Every Canadian cannot take direction from me or anybody else on, on this convoy. This is the time for every Canadian to make their own independent decision. You have a lawful right to protest, you have a lawful right to assembly, and you have a lawful right to who you want to associate with. You just have to exercise your rights. And that's been the biggest problem all along, is that people have allowed it for two years to happen. They have complied instead of exercised their, in, their inalienable rights. Your rights were never taken away. You just failed to exercise them. So to answer your question, exercise your own individual rights. That's how we get out of this, not through vaccinations. Thank you, Tom. Um, speaking of exercising rights, it doesn't seem possible right now. Uh, I'm seeing here my comments to go outside right now during this live. Uh, there are apparently police officers who are pulling um, people in cars, out of their cars, and arresting them uh, by Rito and Sussex. Anything you want to say to that, Mr. Bolford? So he said they're arresting people, pulling them out of their cars. I was just there. I seen the police line advancing into uh, a line of protesters. I did not observe anyone getting pulled out of their car, but I don't know what the situation is between my time there and arriving here. Any other questions? Yeah, um, you're asking people to come to Ottawa uh, to join the protest, but are you aware that asking this, you're also asking, I mean, all these people, might or will be arrested if they come to Ottawa. I'm, I'm not asking people to come to Ottawa. I'm saying that Ottawa is available. You have the right to be here. Okay, if, if you want to come to Ottawa, you can. You have the legal right to come to this city. You can come on in on foot, but you have the right to be here. You have the right to assemble and you have the right to associate. I, if you've looked at the even the Emergencies Act, as it's written, nothing in that act, because we've had our lawyers look at it, nothing in that act applies to what we're doing here as a peaceful convoy. We're not interrupting vital infrastructure. We're not here with an intent to commit crime. And I don't know what the third one is, but I certainly know it doesn't apply to us. Um, sorry, I just draw a blank on what the third one is. But, I, you know, we have kept emergency lanes open. We have worked extremely hard to make sure there's no interruptions to emergency services or anything. And yet the police have constantly blockaded those routes with concrete barriers, heavy equipment, and police officers. Well, we've been fighting to keep them open. And we're getting blamed for it. And quite frankly, it's shameful. But I'm not, I'm not requesting people come to Ottawa. I'm requesting that you exercise your rights. If you want to come to Ottawa, come to Ottawa. If you don't want to come to Ottawa, that's your decision. Are you talking uh, for all the people that are joining this protest right now? I'm speaking for Tom Morazzo. Tom, you mentioned earlier that your bank accounts been frozen yes. and others, and you're saying people should pull their money out of the banking system. 
Do you have anything further to add to that? What is your suggestion? How do we, how do Canadians that are concerned, um, because we're seeing that, you know, a grandma that donated $25 may be in danger yeah. um, as per Christian Freeland. Yes. What, what do they do? How would we tell Canadians where do they go from there? Well, you know, cash is a wonderful thing. Uh, if you've got the ability to pull the cash out of the bank, uh, like I'm, I'm trying to do, but I can't, I can't get access to my own money. I haven't been charged with a crime. I haven't been issued a warrant. Um, I have not even been notified by my bank, but yet all my accounts are frozen. What crime have I committed? So, you know, what's really unfortunate is that the law enforcement and the government of Canada have been able to deputize the banking system to act as law enforcement on their behalf. That gives them a legal protection of some sort, but because the, the government and the law enforcement can't do it, they have somehow convinced the banking industries to do it on their behalf. So their hands are clean because they, you know, apparently haven't broken any laws, but somehow, somehow the bank has seized my account with any due process in this country. So if you can get your money out, take it out. If you can't, that's a clear sign that you no longer live in a free country, and I don't know what else is more clear than that. Laura Lynn, did you have a question? Yes, uh, Tom, uh, Laura Lynn TV asking, um, what is the disconnect between um, our freedom movement and the rest of the country not understanding that if the government can force you to take two vaccine vaccines, they can also force you to take booster after booster. The Prime Minister has already invested uh, enough money for a hundred million boosters uh, that will nullify your vax pass and you will then be forced to continue to take boosters. This will be a big problem. Also, it's coming to the children. Why would we allow this? Well, first thing I do want to say, I am not a scientist. I'm not a lawyer. But ordinary Canadians need to understand this one simple fact. The vaccines have not finished clinical trials. They have only been authorized under with the Americans term as a, uh, an emergency use authorization, and in Canada we call it an interim order. And they can only do this when there are no other alternative viable treatments, which is why you're seeing such a, uh, a ferocious censor or censorship of science and medicine. Because like I said in the beginning, lies don't like to be questioned. They don't like to be questioned, but the truth doesn't mind. And people have been tricked by a guy with nice hair in a nice fancy suit who has the ear of the mainstream media that constantly tell them that these are safe and effective. I've got, I don't know how many doctors across this country that are saying, no, they're not safe, they're not effective, and in fact, they're not authorized yet. They're still, it, it takes on average seven to 10 years to get through clinical trials. These vaccinations have never before been used on human beings. They are experimental. There is no full authorization. They're not done their clinical trials. So when you look at informed consent, it's a two-part formula. A doctor must give you the information. It is your responsibility as a patient to then consent when you're given the risks. 
how can anyone be given the risks when the data is not available yet or they're suppressing it? Why aren't they talking to scientists? Why are they suppressing? One follow-up, uh, over 25,000 deaths on the VAERS reports in North America. Uh, over 30,000 if you look at the European ones. We all think that's pretty alarming. If you actually go through and read each story, uh, many deaths occur within 48 hours of being administered. How can this be forced on a Canadian public? I've been on VAERS personally myself. I've, I've looked at the data, I've, I've run the filters. Um, and what, I, what I'm aware of is that there have been more deaths since the COVID-19 vaccines have come out than in the previous 30 years of all vaccine reported injuries it's on true. that website. So, you know, this is about bodily autonomy and about freedom to choose. In coercion, um, actually going back to informed consent, I do know that it's actually a form of assault. It's in the Criminal Code of Canada that if you use coercion to coerce a patient into undergoing a medical procedure they don't want, it's criminal assault, but yet you're being told it's safe and effective. Well, let's hear from the scientists. Let's hear what they all have to say, not the ones that just agree with you, Mr. Trudeau, okay? Let's hear from all of them. We want a public debate. We want the nation to see all of the science, and we want it to stop being suppressed. We want the College of Physicians to stay in their lane and stop threatening physicians. They're threatening physicians to take away their license yep. if they actually treat anything other than with vaccinations. Yep. This, this cannot be allowed to continue. May I ask about well, what's going on uh, outside? We know the police is, is moving, is making arrests. So I'm wondering at this point, do you ask protesters with children to maybe move aside and just... I'm sorry, but that's a Tanya Harding question. It's not actually an important question. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Nothing about the... Many, 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 many people, uh, the listeners and, and viewers, um, are very upset. Um, they expected journalists to actually exercise their professional um, uh, you know, etiquette and also what they swear by when they go into journalism school, which is to find and dig to the bottom of the truth. And what a lot of people are absolutely extremely upset about is that mainstream media has done nothing but become a parent of the uh, government, um, and very similar to what happened during the Nazi occupation of Germany. Um, and people are asking that these mainstream media actually be part of the investigation and potential for criminal charges and jail time. Absolutely. I, I certainly would agree with that. I do think that the mainstream media have a lot to answer for. They have a, a, a lot of culpability in what has happened to Canadians over the last two years. They need to be examined. They, they need to be audited for their role in this entire thing. We pay their salaries. The taxpayers pay for them, for most of the mainstream media outlets. We pay for this, and we get abused by the people we're actually funding. This is, this is wrong, and I do believe that the, the CBC and CTV need to be investigated. I think they need to be uh, audited, and that's part of the, the public inquiry that we're asking for. We believe that those who have been involved in this entire um, process over the last two years at the government level, in the media, uh, I, I think they need to be at least examined. Uh, we need a fair due process for all of that, that group. 
It's not a witch hunt, absolutely not a witch hunt. What it is, is accountability. And it needs to be transparent. And the mainstream media, in my mind, according to just me, have a lot to answer for. And I hope, I hope that this public inquiry will put protections into place to have proper checks and balances on our media. They, we no longer live in a world where mainstream media actually reports news, they create it. And their job is to report what happens in, in the current events in our lives. Not invent it, not make it, but that's what they do. And I believe they need to be held accountable for their actions over the last two years. And I think most Canadians would agree with that. Um, that's, you know, I, I can't watch mainstream media. I just can't. It's, it's too much uh, propaganda. It's pure, pro pure propaganda, plain and simple. Any other questions? Um, uh, Tom, are you aware of any legal challenges to what is happening right now? I'm not talking about the Canadian Civil Liberties uh, Association taking the government to court, but what is happening right now, the cops moving in when on protesters who, are, who have a right to be here, even under the Emergencies Act. Is anybody uh, doing any legal challenges? Is your team doing that? Well, I, I do know that there are uh, legal challenges being currently uh, developed or worked on. Um, but what's very interesting to me is how quickly uh, a lawsuit against the truck convoy was able to get into a courtroom within the very first few days of us arriving. But yet, we can't even get a meeting with the federal government of Canada. I've not yet seen one matter before the Supreme Court of Canada in two years. Not one. But a lawsuit by a young person in this city made it into a courtroom overnight. I do know there are legal challenges uh, being worked on, but you know, for a judge, um, they can't, their, their, their ability to uh, make a ruling only exists in the courtroom. And it's only comes into the, when it comes into the courtroom, then they can get involved and they can make decisions. But until it arrives inside their room, there's, there's really nothing that they can do until that happens. Where, where does the movement go from here? Well, I would love for um, representatives or a delegation from the federal government to say, yeah, we've seen your letter, we've seen your plan, um, let's discuss it, at the very least. If, if they choose to discuss it with us, great, we're here to talk, we will. Um, but right now, like I said, we have called on every single person in their own independent truck right now to make a decision for themselves on what, what their next move is. Whether they're gonna leave, they've done their part, or they're going to stay, and they will continue to keep fighting. Um, you know, I had a, a, one of the supporters that have been here uh, all week told me yesterday that the RCMP has reached out to his parent company with threats of seizing their assets in their bank accounts. And how would we like to respond? This is a company in the Niagara region. We're sitting in Ottawa. Okay, this is what is happening. There's no due process there. Okay, the RCMP are actively engaging in threats and intimidation against companies in order to put pressure on individual drivers. This is what we are living with right now. We have bouncy castles in our words. We have our compassion, we have our love, 
and we have a lot of prayer. And they have physical force. Okay? We have the power. They own the physical force. And, you know, not that I want to talk about what's going on inside this room right now, but they're applying their force. And it's sad. It's a sad day to be Canadian. When I see Canadians being arrested because the Canadian flag puts a target on their back, where do you go? What, what do you do with that? Are there any other questions? Make it a good one. Any idea of uh, how many other people right now have had their um, bank account frozen? Do you have talking with people? One is too many. But I've uh, been talking with other people saying that they also have their, uh, no? My bank account has been frozen. That's all I can say. Mine as well. Yeah. Where's the warrants? Where's the due process? The banks have been deputized as agents of law enforcement. Is it fair to say that, uh, sorry, I hope that was okay. So fair to point. say, uh, is it fair to say that this could happen to any Canadian as soon as they refuse their final booster, as soon as they get to the place where they are now protesting what our Canadian government has done with 300 children now on the VAERS report having died by the vaccine, not one child recorded to have died from COVID. Uh, is this fair to say that this can now happen to any Canadian, including every journalist and every right and even left-standing Canadian in Canada? I would agree with that. This is, this is, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fight for today, but it's a fight for the future, where we have a, a legal system that operates on precedent, what precedents are set and what what arguments can be brought forward in the in a courtroom in the future. And if we allow the government to uh, dictate to us whether or not we're going to have a medical intervention we don't want, uh, unless you know, it's through coercion, well, who's to say that in two years from now, I'm not going to be ordered to donate one of my organs? Right? What about my property rights when I'm told that for the greater good, my property must be now taken and given to someone else. What about my business? It has to be taken and given to somebody else. This isn't just a fight for today. This isn't about paying my mortgage today or putting food on my children's table today. This is literally about making sure that our all, everybody in this room and our children's future do not get stolen by a person who cannot lead, he cannot inspire, he cannot move men and women to follow. He's a bully. And he's exercising his power to be a bully. He's not out here arresting people. He has sent his, his thugs to go and do it. And, you know, I too, I share in Danny's sentiment about um, law enforcement and about military. I care for these people greatly. I, I believe that they joined at their services and it was a virtuous decision. But they're being used and they can't see it. They can't see it. Last question and then that'll be it. Um, as ex-military, are you advising protesters as tactics or anything concerning what's going on right now? Well, I, I'd love to pretend that I'm some sort of a uh, George S. Patton, but nothing could be further from the truth. The tactics are obvious. The tactics are obvious. Sit in your truck, sit in this spot, get fed, get water, try to get some fuel. 
be here for the long haul. The tactics are pretty obvious. Just get here, get into Ottawa, sit there until somebody listens. So from a tactical point of view, everybody's got great ideas, but we are decentralized. This, there's, no, there's no any one person that you could point to and say that this is, this is the leader. We are all our individual leaders in this fight for our families and our futures. So anyway, thank you very much for your time, those who attended, and uh, God bless us all. God bless us all. I'll grab that shovel, guys. You're taking one of your own. Oh. oh my god. Thank you, Danny. You're arresting one of your own. That's another organization. I can't believe that. Yes, Dan Murphy, former RCMP. He just resigned last week. He has a ball to stand and he gets to take him down. <laughs> they were looking for him, so he went to turn himself in. Yeah. Bulford. Daniel Bulford. No, oh, he just got in good faith. Yeah, he's off. He's gone back there. He's done. Straight door, the one that we're using. Bulford. Said if they really want him, he would and, um, he's done nothing wrong. God bless where do you want? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Curve, I'll take a break. is going to hold this camera. Yeah, we're live on Facebook and Instagram, y'all. So in case anybody just joined, we just walked down here with Daniel Bulford. Um, he turned himself in. They took him away. He's been arrested.
BTS, BTS. I can't confirm right now where these pops are from. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you want to go by her? Okay, you want to cancel yours because Jeremy just called? Tell them I'll stay on oh, Facebook for a minute. Hey everybody, Gavin here from the Stop Cafe in Muir, Alberta. And uh, I got a call. They said they said there was some a standoff going down with the cops. So here I am to check it out. I don't see any any violence or anything, so that's a good sign. But on my drive up, I was outside of the city, and it was rough, cause, not only because of the snow, but because there's checkpoints everywhere. They were questioning me and asking me what I'm doing. I told them I'm going to go see the convoy, <laughs> and they can't stop me, so they let, they let me through. But there are cops everywhere, every street, every corner. I'm gonna get a little closer. I'm hoping my phone doesn't die on me, but whatever. I don't get on the live, I'll get with my other camera. Hey everyone, I'm in Ottawa, Ontario. It's very cold and my phone keeps dying and I apologize for that. I'm gonna try and get some footage to the cops here. Everyone's being very peaceful. Singing O Canada. It's a beautiful day in Ottawa, the sun's shining, 
a bad case of tyranny. They're all in the pistons. They've blocked off, or they've tried to block off the downtown area. I got in. that in the cold. I need, I need a new phone for exactly this situation. Nobody's been aggressive. Nobody's been violent. I have a feeling they brought cops in from other places of Ontario expecting a riot. And they came and saw this, playing Bob Marley music. This is the only standoff in Ottawa right now. Hey guys, just uh, here in Ottawa, 21st day. Um, just down at this uh, big blockade, kind of east of Parliament Hill here. Uh, there's lots of riot cops and RCMP here trying to take over this little section here. And uh, it's kind of disheartening to see what's going on. Things will things will get better. We gotta go through some growing pains before uh, before uh, things get better. But here, I'm just gonna walk around with you guys so you can kind of see what's going on. Saying, hey, come on, guys. Um, 
come to our side. Like this is for all of us, and these guys are just ignoring them, standing here. I know they got a job to do, and we need cops, but it's kind of disheartening with what's been going on in Canada. So here, I'll uh, flip. I can see them pretty good now. Intimidation est passée, faut qu'on crypte More than 100%. We need bodies on the ground. So you can see a lot of people there between the police and some of the truckers, guys. There's, we, got, we got senior citizens in here, we got homeless people. Uh, seems like most of the kids are gone now. Everybody was smart enough to get them out. This is their future too, and you know, money's just one thing, but uh, you know, you, you can't take it with you when you leave. You can only leave when you take what you have in your heart, and uh, you can't take your money with you. So, what's what's important, what's not, right? There's a little, there's a kid here standing right in front of these police officers. Walk out of school the rest of your life looking behind your back. Your families are going to be embarrassed of you for the rest of your life. You're going to be proud to say you stood here today. You're going to be real proud. I forgive you. On veut juste garder comme ton père. People just want want their freedom back, want their rights back, want their country back, want a better future. 
you know, and that's why we're here. It's been I've been here for 21 days now, and I've seen nothing but love and peace down here. People helping each other out, and they just want to hold this government accountable because they've had a free reign on what they've been doing to the people here in Canada now for two years. And you know, I had a little more faith in the police than this, and I still do. I hope that I hope that things are going to change here. But this is just I don't know. This is kind of cowardly to me, if you ask. Смотрите, мирные люди, мирные люди, которые всего лишь хотят свободы. Скорее уже на исходе, друзья мои, я надеюсь, еще минут на 20-20 я, к сожалению, не взял с собой. So what I think is they're trying to do here is clear these semis out of here, get their tow trucks in here so they can clear up this, this square here. But I've seen some cops with AR style rifles, I'm not sure if there's what kind of ammunition they have in them. I hope it's just rubber bullets, but why do they need that? Like why do they need an AR? They had guys up on the rooftops here, two over there, two up here. It's just, I don't know man, a little overkill. So kind of disheartening you know we still got we still got the big group down there at the square right now there's a speaker talking uh but the majority of the people right now are down here holding the line and just uh a lot of them are trying to talk sense to these guys you know like why are you doing this like this is your life too and stand with us and, and this is all over and they just i don't know man it's like they're it's almost like they're soulless and i just i don't know man i don't know how somebody can live like that Anybody get assaulted? Or, but I've seen some stuff. 
they haven't even uh, passed the Emergency Measures Act yet. It's not even passed yet, and they're doing this. Like, I could kind of see this if, if that was passed. Well, I don't know. I hope that they, they'd uh, they follow their heart and their conscience, but I don't know, man. People are, a lot of people are followers, you know. But you know what? I'm very proud to be Canadian. I'm really proud to be standing here with all these people today. The one thing that this whole convoy has done for me is gave me faith in Canadians, gave me faith in Canada. It's given me, helped, helped me to reach inside myself and get that power to stand up for what is right. Uh, I knew for a long time that this wasn't right. And it bothered me a lot. I, I, I dealt with uh, mental mental health problems. I overcame that, and this is my opportunity to come here and try to do something good for the world and our country. And you know, that's all we want, guys. So I just, uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of good things coming. I just don't know when. Um, and like I said, there's gonna probably be some, some growing pains yet here, but I think, I think at the end of the day, when this is all done, there's going to be some really good things. So, but we got to keep fighting. We got to know our rights. We got to stand up for what's right. We got to show love and compassion, and uh, hold the line, baby. Because what else do we do, right? Um, 
It's gonna say a lot of people they kind of forget about their rights until they need them. And I know one thing from my own personal experience is that our our rights are very essential. We don't have rights, and we don't have a lot of things. So I'm hoping that uh, through all this, that maybe Canada. Canada will wake up to what's going on here and uh, and realize that what's at stake because there's a lot here, guys. And it's the future, our country, a lot of a lot of different things. And if you don't have freedom, you don't have nothing, guys. Okay guys, I'm going to sign off here. I, uh, I'm going to head back up to the, the main square there. We'll listen to some of the speakers and stuff. Uh, hope you guys are all doing well. And uh, God bless you all. Pray for us here. Please and thank you. God bless. Have a good day. Hey everybody. It's Chris here from the Wissasop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Choking on my so I'm sure as most of you already know uh, some terrible un-Canadian things went on in Ottawa today mostly this morning and they're still continuing a little bit also can you hear me I think you can hear me and watching it was extremely disappointing for me and Carrie and Jess and in addition to that we all feel like absolute bags of shit because we are not there standing with our fellow Canadians as they're um, harassed by a tyrannical government and before you all start jumping down up and down say oh the government's just doing their job I need to remind you of something what's going on right now has had no debate, no real science backing it, no justification, no appearances in court. All it is is the federal government saying this is the way it is and tough cases. Because our Prime Minister admires China's basic dictatorship and that's what he's doing right now. Um, the government, apart, or pardon me, not the government in power, but those in opposition and the other parties have been very, very vocal about Trudeau enacting the Emergency Act, as have most of the premiers now. You may have heard Prime Minister Trudeau talking about how um, he had talked with the premiers and this was the best choice and it didn't need to be. Well, that was an absolute lie. The premiers do not agree with what he's doing. And and now, instead of actually talking about this with Canadians, do you know what he did at Parliament, where we're supposed to go to have our voices heard? 
Parliament is no longer in session. There will be no opportunity for debate. Uh, he's just going to go crawl back into his hole and use the Emergency Measures Act to try and squash Canadians who are standing up for their charter rights. What a disgusting, disgusting show of arrogance from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And enter the media, stage left. So we saw an article about how the protesters are using children as human shields. Do you want to know what the protesters were actually doing? And not the protesters, the children. They were writing letters to the police, handwritten cards, and they were laying them at their feet saying, please stand with us and stick up for us. Because even the children understand that the police are supposed to be there to protect them. And they're really confused as to why they're not. Even the kids are wondering, why is the police being used by the government? And they don't understand, you know, the, the finer details about what's happening, but they can see it and they can feel it. So when the news tells you that the protesters are taking a page from the playbook of the Crusades and using children as human shields, they're lying to you again. Those children are reaching out to the police who they look up to and are told are there to protect them uh, and they want them to do their job. So that brings up another point. From the videos I saw, there's probably a couple thousand police. Does that seem fair, Gary? No, I was the hundreds for sure. Hundreds? Oh, hundreds of thousands? Yeah. Okay, so I thought maybe a couple thousand. Terry says definitely hundreds. Yeah. So it's anywhere between one and a million police there. <laughs> I'm not sure what the actual number is. I wonder what these men and women are going to be feeling when they go home tonight. And they're laying in bed or they're having supper with their families and looking at their children. The same kind of children who just laid letters at their feet begging them to, begging them to um, stick up for them. I wonder how they're gonna feel about all this. How are those guys gonna feel? The ones who are standing there with uh, assault rifles, presumably loaded with rubber bullets, or the ones that had, uh, I don't know if you, you, any of you caught this, but the tear gas canisters, they're there. I wonder how they're going to feel that they were used as a tool of the Canadian government to silence a protest because the Prime Minister doesn't want to have dialogue with Canadians. I wonder how many of them tomorrow are going to maybe hand in their badge. If that was me, I certainly would. Um, you know, I, I was ready to hang up my apron at, the, at my restaurant because the government was telling me I had to violate people's rights in order to operate my business. I can't imagine what it feels like to be a police officer and have your gun drawn. Yes, they had guns drawn and they were pointing them at people. How are those guys going to feel knowing that they held a weapon on a peaceful protester because the government told them to? not a pretty sight. Now, put this all in the context that we still live in Canada. We don't live in China or the US or the or Russia or 
North Korea, we live in Canada, and we actually do have the right to protest. We have a right to be in any city in Canada, as long as we're being lawful. And yet, people are being told that they have to leave because they're not allowed to protest. On the bright side, this disgusting display of authoritarian um, force hopefully will wake more Canadians up. And if you are wondering, well, what can I do? What do I do? I'm, I'm at home. I can't get to Ottawa. Um, there's lots of things you can do. You can still write letters and emails and that sort of thing. You can still go to protests in your hometown. And another idea, if you can't do any of that stuff, don't do anything at all. Maybe don't go to work. Don't drive anywhere. Don't buy any fuel. Don't buy anything. Don't go shopping. Don't pay any tax. Just sit at home and watch the independent media covering the Canadian government trying to squash Canadian citizens who are protesting. Maybe it'll make a difference. I don't know. Uh, there's been lots of people asking if they're allowed to go to Ottawa. Of course you are. This is Canada. You're free to travel within your own country as you please, as long as you're doing it lawfully. You can't go to Ottawa with the intent of breaking the law, as per, as the words of the Emergency Act state. Uh, but Ottawa is still available as a destination for every citizen of Canada. It is our capital. That's where our parliament is. That's where we go to speak. That's where our government is supposed to be meeting. So why wouldn't you go to Ottawa? Just go there for the purpose of being peaceful and don't break the law. Um, speaking of which, I already mentioned that we absolutely feel horrible that we missed this. And if you ask Carrie and Jess, I've pounded, pounding and, uh, on my steering wheel. Yelled and times. screamed and yes. I think even pooped your pants. But we are very upset. So. Another thing is uh, we're looking for an angel, if anybody out there knows one. And this angel has to have wings and probably a pressurized cabin. Uh, and this angel also very likely needs to be a turboprop angel and equipped with ILS um, because, you know, it's Canadian winter. So if you or anyone out there happens to be an angel, with wings, pressurized cabin, turboprop, and ILS, please get a hold of me because one way or another, uh, I will be heading back to Ottawa immediately to stand with my fellow Canadians in protest of this tyrannical government. I don't care if I have to drive my broken down Jeep across Canada again to be out there with you, or if I can somehow get a ride with an angel, I'll be back. Hey. And for those of you that are still there, please know that me and Carrie and Jess and millions of other Canadians are absolutely 100% proud of you. We're proud that you're exercising your rights. We're proud that you're standing your ground for what you believe in. We're proud of you for standing up for your fellow Canadians. We're just... It's very heartwarming. And you know who else is very proud of them, Carrie? The lady who 
turned around on the highway, or not on the highway, yes, the service right road, the service road, and met us at a truck stop while we were ready fuel, ran up to the truck, crying, and told us that, or she just, she kept saying thank you over and over, and she's holding her face, and she has tears in her eyes, and she's saying thank you. The truckers saved my life because I was ready to give up hope. I had, I had given up on Canada and even being alive, and what the truckers did, it renewed my spirit, it gave me hope, and I'm proud to be Canadian again. And there were hugs all around and tears all around. And that is what this is about. This is about the millions of Canadians that have felt like that over the last two years, felt like they were alone, they had no voice, and now they have some hope. Because thousands and thousands of truckers and just regular Canadians drove to Ottawa and did this. Everybody's being peaceful on this side. There's a lot of people here. Trying to do here, guys, is we were 
further down that way earlier with them and they pushed us back past the blockades and past, past that group of trucks and they're slowly pushing us this way. I think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to continue this all night, but I think they're going to try to push everybody out of here and, and uh, I've seen them, I've seen videos of them smashing truckers' windows and uh, busting into campers and stuff with these picks. So, yeah, I don't know, the people are just standing here, they're slowly working their way towards Parliament Hill, they've got the SWAT truck out. Like I said, I think they're uh, I think they're just trying to push us out of here. So um, they got the horses out too. There's been a couple of people that have been uh, pepper sprayed as well. So I know that I've seen a couple of people switch over here again, sprayed as well. When I get to come home after all this mess with all the see a video of her dad singing the Barney theme song. So this has been going on since I got down here. We got down here about 12:30. And uh, like I said, it's six o'clock, so I don't know if this is gonna be an all-night kind of thing or what the heck's gonna go on. But they did put uh, they did put these uh, uh, fences up along the along the, the the road here, going up towards Parliament Hill. It's like they're trying to all cattle us into a, an area. So I don't know. A lot of the some of the truckers have got scared and kind of been moving out. But there's still lots of people back there, and there's still quite a few trucks. But, uh, yeah.
Hey everybody, Gavin here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Here I am in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm, uh, I'm going to talk fast because my phone's probably going to die again. But uh, I did get arrested earlier. They got me for mischief. And uh, long story short, they just uh, they let me go under the if I promised uh, not to come back. So obviously here I am, back. And uh, it's settled down now. They put up a fence between the cops and the uh, the crowd here. Everyone's still partying all up all up the street here. It's bonfires and music. We're not leaving, that's for sure. You gotta admire the bravery these people have. It's pretty crazy though. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but there were a few people that got trampled by horses. and They had no justification to do any of that. It was completely peaceful. They were, uh, we were all dancing in the street before, you know, before they started arresting people. I'm glad to see there's no more, uh, riot, riot cops or cops in riot gear anymore. That's nice. If they arrest me again, I'll probably go to jail, but I'll just, uh, hang low. I took off my uh, F. Trudeau hat, so so they won't pick me out.
Have they towed any trucks? No, I don't think they towed any, but I did see a few leaving with uh, police escorts. Hold the line! <laughs> there are definitely still a lot of trucks here, though. It was very obvious that uh, the cops today definitely did not want to be here. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. I'm hoping you can hear me. It's been a while since I've used this, so uh, I gotta remember how to do it. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite the day, quite the month, really. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted. That was a really, really long drive from Ontario. And there was more than one time during that trip where I wanted to turn around and go back. Unfortunately, we just couldn't. And, you know, I've taken a lot of heat. There's people think that I just ran away because I was scared of the cops or whatever. That's not the case at all. Um, Jess and Carrie, they had to get back to work. They've both been putting their lives on hold to be out in Ottawa. Uh, we've been doing the best we can to support the truckers and the movement as a whole. And they just really had to get back. Um, one thing that I haven't talked about, and I actually didn't ask permission, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. One thing that was on my mind about coming back was that there is somebody in our family who is not going to be with us for much longer. Um, they were they were given six months about uh, two and a half weeks ago and they're now in hospice and likely not going to make it another week or two. Cancer. And for those of you that are asking that question, everybody asks when they find out somebody is sick, um, the answer is yes. And that's all I'm going to say. So there were other reasons besides just work that we had to get home. 
Sorrow. And after seeing what we saw today coming out of Ottawa, um, I've made some calls and I'm doing everything I can to get back out to Ottawa immediately. It looks like I'm going to be able to line up a charter flight to get out there. Uh, if that falls through, I will be driving my uh, piece of crap Jeep out there. Or maybe one of my friend's cars, he offered it to me, so that would work too. And you may be asking, why would I do that? Why would I turn around and go right back to Ottawa after I just left? And the reason for that is, the problem we're having right now does not have a political solution. It doesn't have a, like the immediate problem, the short-term problem, doesn't have a, a solution from the courts. That's a long-term thing. And I'll get into that in a minute. The immediate solution, the, sh the short-term solution we have for the problem we have right now in Ottawa is people. We need people. Not to do anything violent or unlawful, but just to stand with each other, standing up for your rights and freedoms, um, standing up as Canadians, as the Constitution allows, <coughs> and telling the federal government that we will not submit to this tyrannical, ridiculous, unlawful abuse of the people of Canada. Now I'm going to show you just one of the videos that I've seen over the past couple days that have been really haunting me. Um, I wish I was there for this. I wish I was there so that I could have maybe picked this lady up off the ground, but I wasn't. Thank God there were thousands of other people out there that could do that. So, let's have a look at this. I'm going to answer this question really quickly because somebody either misunderstood or wasn't paying attention. No, I didn't leave because there was no political solution. I left. Good morning, buddy. I left because we'd been there. We'd been away from home for almost three weeks and the people I was with needed to get back to work because they have lives and they put their lives on hold to be in Ottawa and do what they could to support the truckers and support this movement. And it was time. We had to leave. There was other things to do. And and one of us is losing a family member. 
We had to go. We didn't want to go. And it had nothing to do with a political or any other solution. We planned on getting back to Alberta, tying up some loose ends, and immediately going back to Ottawa when we're done. But now, of course, things have changed, and I need to get back right away. So I'm going to go by myself. And Carrie and Jess will stay here and continue to do the things they need to do to support themselves and their families. That video you just saw was in Canada. That protest, that movement, that demonstration was absolutely peaceful. The people that were there were there out of love and compassion for their friends and their family and their neighbors. They were stepping up and helping each other at every opportunity. They were doing things that brought that little micro community together in ways we haven't seen in the last two years. They were arranging street hockey and bouncy castles and barbecues. And they were people in Ottawa were opening their homes to the truckers and the demonstrators so that they could have showers and things like that. We actually in, in Ottawa right now, of all places in Canada, there's unity. It's there. It exists. Canada has an identity. And Canada's identity is when, when those around us need our help, we step up and we do it. And no, that does not mean taking an experimental watermelon that doesn't do a damn thing. That is not stepping up. That's pandering and virtue signaling and putting money in the prime minister's pocket and if you don't believe me you go and look you go and look at what our prime minister is invested in and how much money he makes off of the people of canada doing what he tells them to do right now there is unity in ottawa it has nothing to do with a politician or anything it's about the people plain and simple the people are in the streets and the people have a message and the people's voice is unified and the government is absolutely fucking terrified of it they are terrified why else would the prime minister enact the emergencies act it wasn't an emergency because the demonstration was violent or anybody was getting hurt the emergency is that the people are starting to realize that the, that the narrative is wrong, the narrative's crumbling, and those in authority, those in charge, they are terrified. So it is an emergency for Justin Trudeau. That's the emergency. So what does he do? The Emergency Act has seven days, seven sitting days in Parliament to be debated, debated and they either continue or they scrap it. So what is what does Justin Trudeau do? The leader of our nation? Just suspend Parliament so they can't sit, they can't debate, they can't talk. He hasn't wanted to debate or talk or have any kind of a dialogue this entire time. He won't have a dialogue about the science behind the mandates. He won't have a dialogue with the truckers, pardon me, there is no dialogue. 
you listen to that idiot speaking in the House of Commons, and all it is, a question gets answered, and he reads some scripted response that he's memorized, so he doesn't have to answer a question. Nothing is being done in Parliament. Your politicians are failing you. The authorities are failing you. The people that you think are there to protect you, the RCMP, are failing you. And don't get me wrong, I am I support the police and the RCMP. I've always spoken up and said things that got me in hot water about the RCMP and the police are full of brave, good men and women who most of them genuinely want to protect us and help us. I'm not a defund the policer. I'm more of a, a thin blue line person. And I don't give a shit if you think that's a racist thing. To me, what that means is that I support the men and women who uphold our laws and keep us safe. Period. Nothing to do with race. Nothing to do with gender. Nothing to do with politics. I support our military and our police in their duty to protect us. But right now what we're seeing is... Is there duty to protect us? If it was, would they be mowing us down with horses and beating us with the butts of rifles and batons? Peaceful protesters? Old women? Do you know that lady? She's okay, by the way. She has a dislocated shoulder after being knocked to the ground by the RCMP, but she's okay. You know who's not okay? An elderly gentleman that had a heart attack and... The RCMP and the police services would not allow anybody to help help him. No first aid, no help given to that man, and he died. A man died today in Ottawa, and it had nothing to do with violence from protesters. It had to do with a bullshit narrative from the federal government and a police service who is nothing more than an arm of the government, an enforcement arm who swears an oath to the crown. An oath to the crown to protect the crown's interest. When my restaurant got robbed, my front door smashed, they stole all my cigarettes. That's a big deal for a small business. Eight or $10,000 in, in tobacco, whatever it was. Um, they didn't have enough resources to pull a palm print, a full palm print. Like all the fingerprints the palm, the thumb, everything on my window where they tried to open my window. They didn't have enough resources for that. Rural crime in Alberta is at an all-time high. Inner city crime, all-time high. Almost every city in Canada. And we don't have the resources to deal with those problems. But did you see Ottawa today when people spoke out against the government? When people stood up for their rights and freedoms? when people went against the status quo and against the narrative, when they fought for their own survival and their own families and their neighbors, pummeled by the police. All the resources were there to deal with the protesters in Ottawa. All the resources. Helicopters, drones, mounted police. Um, they, they flew police officers in, officers in from Edmonton. 22 of them, by the way. They have the resources to protect the government and protect the narrative. They will always have those resources because they take that money out of your pocket and my pocket 
And then when we stand up for our rights and freedoms, they use that money to fund a militant group that throws tear gas at us and shoots us with rubber bullets and mows us down with, with horses. That's what your tax dollars pay for. And that's why we're standing up. That's why at the Whistle Stop Cafe of all places, that's why we stood up a year ago, over a year ago. Because the writing is on the wall for authoritarian, dystopian societies where if you speak against the narrative, you get pummeled by the government. They just squash you with their thumb. Because they have all the authority, as Mr. Brown with AHS told me, the day he chained my business shut. And it doesn't matter if we're innocent or guilty. According to them, we're guilty until we prove we're innocent. And that is not my Canada. And it's not your Canada. That's not the way Canada was ever intended to work. That's not the way our law was ever intended to work. But at every turn, every ministry, every piece of legislation, everything, every law has a provision where, oh, let's say, for example, the Prime Minister doesn't like the message of the protesters, send the RCMP in, mow them down with horses, you know, watch some guy die on the sidewalk. Doesn't matter. Arrest everybody that you want, make something up, mischief, whatever. They're just standing there, walking down the street, arrested for mischief. Because they can. Because we let them. My probation officer is going to be very upset with me. She told me I have to stay out of trouble and I have to keep the peace. I think I have a chartered plane lined up so I can get back to Ottawa right away. So I can stand with those men and women who are standing up for themselves. At this point, I have no skin in the game left over there. My restaurant's open. I could just be here and operate my business and be fine um my kids need me i think my cats miss me no she doesn't miss me i could be completely comfortable here and safe and i'm gonna go back there and i'm gonna stand with them because it's the right thing to do and i'm wondering where are our politicians who are supposed to be our voice what good are they What have they done for us? Yeah, the CPC's speaking out a little bit. You know, they replace their they're gonna replace their leader. Good for them, awesome, making headway. But where were you over the last two years when we needed you? Where were you when our government was putting laws in place and our prime minister was what the hell are they called? Order and council or whatever? Whatever mechanism the Prime Minister can use to circumvent parliamentary debate, he can just make up a law and impose it on Canada, and we can't say anything about it. And he doesn't have to justify it. He doesn't have to prove that there's science to back it up. All he has to do is say it, and we magically have to do it, and he magically gets richer and more powerful for it.
and some people love that. Some people, they're watching what's happening to these protesters and they're cheering. These disgusting pieces of shit who are watching old women get mowed down by horses are cheering. They're saying, good, they deserve it. Those violent poop-throwing truckers. I was there. I met these people. I did it again, Carrie. These people. Those people. You people. I met them. I talked to them. I watched what was going on in Ottawa. And it is not what the media is telling you. At all. What was going on down there? Yeah, there's some problems. But please tell me, before the truckers got there, were there any problems in Ottawa? Was there ever problems with homeless people peeing in alleys? Or maybe people with mental health issues throwing poop on the walls? Did anybody break any windows? In Ottawa, before the truckers got there, had anybody ever yelled a racial slur at somebody or threatened them or intimidated them? All of the sudden, when the truckers get there, all of those problems are because of them? You lying sacks of shit. The media, not you folks. I love you folks. You're awesome. Even you, Nadine. Thanks for watching. At every turn in this country, our politicians and those in authority are using rules that they made against us, and they're using them to keep us in submission. They bought the media, they bought the internet, they buy each other, and they're using all of that to turn Canada against itself, turn the people against each other. But fortunately, fortunately for you, for every one of you out there, some truckers decided to get in the game. They got their stick on the ice. And they unified Canada. Millions and millions and millions of people. They unified them. They gave them hope. Like that lady that chased us down in the Petropass parking lot today. She ran up to the truck crying, telling us that to, to thank the truckers because they had given her hope when she was out of hope to the point where she didn't want to live anymore. The truckers gave us an opportunity to get behind something and make some real change in this country. And it is happening in Ottawa right now. It is not illegal for you to go to Ottawa. It is illegal under the Emergencies Act to go to Ottawa for the purpose of doing something unlawful. It is not illegal to go there and protest peacefully. It is not illegal to go there and see what's happening. That is not illegal. You are a Canadian and you have rights and no government can take them away from you. And if they try, there are millions of other Canadians who will stand beside you and stand up for you as well. This is happening in Ottawa, and this is very, very big. What you're seeing right now, these little snippets of people getting beaten by the police in Canada for protesting, should be all the motivation you need, jabbed or unjabbed, masked or unmasked, whatever. That's all the motivation you need to make your voice be heard. Whether you're there in Ottawa or you're doing it here at home, you need to stand up and speak out. Everybody does. 
because there are men and women in Ottawa right now who are trying to hold the line and they are getting beat down. And yes, I feel terrible that I am not there. I would have very likely been trampled by a horse because I would have been up there with those people. Again, those people. They're arresting our veterans. The RCMP and the Ottawa police are arresting men and women who fought on foreign soil for your freedoms. They are being arrested right now because they're standing up for you. For your rights as a person, as a human being. And I just can't help but think, when that happens, when those who fought for you are being persecuted and beat down, it's time for you to stand up and step up and stand with them in whatever way you can. And I will remind you, as my probation officer would remind me, everything you do must be peaceful. Don't break laws. Don't use violence. As of right now, the only people who have used violence are the government and the police. The only people who have used guns on people are the police. Yes, they had guns drawn and pointed at people today. They smashed windows out of their vehicles and dragged them out onto the street and handcuffed them today in our nation's capital in front of our parliament the place where we go to speak but unfortunately right now nobody is listening and if you're one of those brave men and women in our RCMP or police services in Canada and you're seeing what's going on and something here tells you that's wrong, do something about it and do it now. Because you are not alone in thinking that this is wrong. I saw videos today of police officers turning around with tears in their eyes and walking away from the front lines because they know this is wrong. In the morning, there were children writing letters and laying them at the police's feet, saying, please help us, stand with us. They were giving them flowers. Children. They weren't being used as human shields. Parents were allowing these children to write notes and letters to police officers that they looked up to, that they were yearning. They were yearning to see them stand up for them and protect them. So they wrote them letters, and they laid them at their feet. And then, in the afternoon, those same police are trampling old ladies with horses. For those of you in the police services, or in the RCMP, who are complicit with this, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You should be ashamed. And I hope that there's somebody in your family who you love that's going to look you in the eye and tell you that they are ashamed of what you did today.
because it might not mean anything coming from me. I actually, I hope it's your mother or your grandmother. I hope they see those videos and they see their son or their granddaughter or, or grandson hitting peaceful protesters with the butt of their rifle. And I hope they say, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because Canada is watching you, and we are ashamed of you. It's time for the police and the RCMP to stand up and speak out. It's time for you to step over that line and stand with those who are standing up for their rights and freedoms. Because that government isn't going to be there forever, but the people are. And that government isn't going to save you when the court of public opinion sees that you did not stand with the people and you did not stand up for what it means to be Canadian. Freedom. The people will remember. The world's watching. The world is going to remember Justin Trudeau and his attack on democracy, his blatant disregard for humanity or what makes democracy great, which is dialogue. He is going to go down as a tyrant and a potato shaped like a penis. That's a dictator, by the way. Dick. Tater. Do you want to be standing with that? Or do you want to be standing on the right side of history with the brave men and women who stood up for their rights and freedoms in this country? They stood up to a government with infinite resources. That's all we have in this country is people. That's it. We have no militia because that's illegal. We do not have the right to bear arms because Canada is not a violent nation. We have our voices. That's it. So use them. We have the right to protest. Exercise it. We have the right to peacefully assemble. Do it. We don't have anything else. Politicians are not coming to save us. There is no knight in shining armor coming to ride up and save us from this evil government. It's the people. Anyway, I better go because I have to go spend some time with my people, my kids, who I haven't seen in three weeks. And I'm not going to see again for a little while, uh, maybe even longer if they decide to arrest me for standing up with my fellow Canadians. Don't ignore this. And do not just take what the media is telling you at face value. There is a real battle going on here, and it's a battle of good and evil, whether you want to believe it or not. So you best get involved. Because if we don't use our voices, we're going to get drowned out by their bullshit.
There's a lot of comments. They're going really, really fast. For whoever just was talking about COVID and blaming people, give your head a shake. At no point in Canadian history did you ever do this before. Why are you doing it now? You ask these people why they're not wearing masks or why they're getting these watermelons. Why did you? And why are you? It's because you were told to. You know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Everybody around you knows it doesn't make sense. Stop it. Stop trying to blame other human beings for existing as human beings. It is not their fault. We do not control any viruses on this planet. We've never been able to. We deal with it. And we do our best to stay healthy. And you do not discriminate against others for being part of nature. There's so many comments, I can't even... The common denominator in these comments I'm seeing right now is love and prayer. And that's what we need right now. And sometimes loving your neighbor means going and standing beside them and getting trampled by a horse with them. Sounds weird, doesn't it? But remember, uh, Venezuela used to be like Canada, rich, free, prosperous, amazing country, beautiful place, tourist destination. And uh, 11 years is what it took to take Venezuela from one of the most beautiful, prosperous places on the planet to people burning their money in the streets. And you might think I sound very dramatic, but please think back on this conversation in a few months when inflation and interest rates start to bankrupt Canadians because it's coming. It is coming. The last two years, we're not free. There's a hefty price to pay and we are going to end up paying it and it's gonna hurt. So probably best to get on this right now instead of waiting until people are actually wheeling wheelbarrows full of money into the street and burning it because it's useless. Thank you, Justin Trudeau. Anyway, yes, I'm going to hang out with my kids and my girlfriend because I love them and I'm going to go pet my cats because if I don't, they'll probably poop in my room. Right, Stumpy? Yeah. They're assholes. Just like Justin Trudeau. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm actually going to put this up here because this is very, very important. Think about that tonight. And thank you very much for that comment. I want to point out that whether you believe in the Bible or the Quran or honestly, those are the only two books I know the names of, but whatever religion you are, or not religion, maybe you believe in a universe with balance and energy, um, there is something to be said for the power of prayer and positive energy. Uh, I know it's going to sound silly, 
But sometimes during what I went through last year, with having my restaurant chain shut and all that crap, while it wasn't really the end of the world in the grand scheme of things, it was the end of the world to me. And what kept me going was the fact that hundreds of people would come up to me and either tell me that they're praying for me, or they would stop me in the middle of where we're at, ask me if they could pray for me. And that's not an easy thing to do because in our society, a lot of times people look at those who pray as they're crazy. Oh, you're speaking to a invisible person. And maybe we are crazy. I don't know. But positive energy is real. And whether you're praying for someone or sending them your positive energy or even just thinking about them or wishing them well, it does make a difference. So don't stop, no matter how crazy you look. Actually, on that note, I do want to mention something. Last summer, I had the incredible and humbling experience to meet a, na a man named Pastor Art Lamb. Now, Pastor Art was, or Pastor Lamb was, uh, I don't know, I think he was like 295 years old. He was really, really old. 90-something, 90 92, I think. I'm sorry, I can't remember. He came to the whistle stop in a wheelchair. His daughters wheeled him there. And he had been traveling around to people, like, like freedom rallies and things like that. Because as a man of God, he realized that there was something wrong. And it was likely only, the only thing that would fix it would be the power of prayer. So this man traveled down to the whistle stop from Edmonton. And the day he got there, it was busy. There was bikers everywhere. We love bikers, by the way. They're awesome. And there was like people in the park. There was live music. The beer garden was hopping. Everybody had a beer in their hand. We're having a great time. And in wheels this Pastor Lamb, 147 years old, um, with his daughters. And he introduced himself to me and he asked me if he could pray for me right there in the park in the middle of a bunch of bikers smoking cigarettes and drinking beer so pastor lamb put his hands on me and he prayed for me right there in the whistle stop park and i talked to him for a moment and uh we parted ways they left and i i didn't talk to him again and one of the reasons why I didn't talk to him again was because he went home that night and he went to bed and he never woke up that was the last day he ever was alive and he spent that day to come down and pray for me where I was at that's very powerful stuff right there and I'll never forget that so Pastor Lamb, and thank you to his daughters for bringing him down there. And I'm going to shut this off now because that was very emotional to talk about. And last thing I want is a meme with me having tears run down my face. So, good night, everybody. Love you.